Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. So, you have 20 rounds to get to this maze, or else she wins. Um, yeah, so you um, you take off, and you're trying to you're like kind of jogging along the maze trying to find a a place to go and um the the first round you uh basically uh you hear like a songbird kind of tweeting along and it's kind of like tweeting and you kind of have a feeling that like it's kind of singing out to you what do you do well considering the the kind of good omen by the songbird earlier i'm going to try to follow my course in the direction of the, of where I'm hearing the songbird. Uh, you get to it and it's just starts singing a little tune to you. It's like, and it looks uh, kind of like excited to see you. I, I look at it and I try not to like be too distracted by it. And I continue to try to find the center of the maze. Alrighty. Uh, the next round you hit a dead end. So you turn around again and can you roll me an awareness check? That's a fail. Seventeen on a nine. Alrighty, um, you're going around and you're you're probably just rushing a little bit. You're probably excited, but uh, you hear um, Avielli kind of uh, hurrying past on the other side of a hedge wall, um, and like you have this feeling like you can't be that far behind her, and you eventually turn the corner and there's like this, like like this open garden area. Some you remember seeing up from above, there is a couple of topiary figures. The first one you see is like the stone boar. And as you look at it, can you make me a forgiving roll? Uh, that's a pass, nine on a 12. All right, check your forgiving. Um, you hurry along and you see like another path. And um, it's kind of like a little hidden path um, that's not like one of the main ones. And you see another of the open areas, and this one has like a stone lynx in it. Can you make a generous based roll? Uh, pass one on a 17. All right, good. Um, and as you're going, um, you the next round, you kind of pass Aviella uh, coming from the other direction. She uh, um, hurries by you, um, only saying, um, my lord, and then kind of laughs and takes off. You just keep going past her and trying to find the center. Yeah. So the next um, um, area you find is like a um, another one of those open area, but this one has a stone serpent in it. Can you make me an honesty based roll? Pass nine on a fifteen. All right. You are about halfway through your rounds when uh, you you're running by another maze hedge and you hear Avielli on the other side again, and she's running and it sounds like she's like um, exerting herself quite a bit. You can't be that far away. Um, but this time you 
come out into a another one of those openings and there's a um stone figure of a robed and hooded man carrying a scythe but this time when you're there you notice that avielli is there as well and you're both kind of looking up at it can you make me a adjust based roll uh pass 11 on a 16 um you you look down and you see um avielli um looking like she like something struck in her head too and she kind of smiles and she, um, she says only two left and she darts off um in a direction yeah i run after her oh so you're trying to follow her um well like i guess because like uh I don't know. I don't want her to be like ahead of me in the maze. I don't know. I guess if, um, well, actually, yeah. So it's like if she, if she like runs off ahead of me, I'm kind of like assuming that she's picking the the best direction. So I don't know. I'm probably going to like follow her, but still try to like uh, run past her, but like playfully, of course. Um, and you do pass her and the next um, opening has a stone figure of a hawk in it and can you make me a mercy merciful based rule uh pass that's four on a nine all right she um you, you you take off and um head towards the next one but you glance over um your shoulder and you see this look of worry on her face i stop and i kind of like uh just like stare at her for a second and i'm just like what is it well, she failed her honest and passed her deceitful. So she says, it's nothing. It's nothing. And then kind of like smiles and then darts past you real quick towards the next one. Um, assuming you follow because she was going in the direction that you were heading. There is a another opening. This time has a stone wolf in it. Can you make me a trust based trusting base roll? Uh, pass 10 on a 14. So, um, again, like you, you brush by unbidden by it, but, um, you see her like, as you leave, she's still kind of there and appears that she's contemplating something, even though you have a feeling you're really close to the center of the maze now. And she's just kind of like sitting there with like her, like a worried look in her eyes. Wilson is like starting to run ahead a little bit and then he stops and uh, kind of just like looks back and then he walks back to uh, to where she's standing and kind of, um, you know, he kind of just like, uh, well, he's not leaning on the hedge, but he's kind of just like uh, standing, catching his breath next to her. And he's just like, what is it, milady? Why are you in such deep thought over this statue? She's going to choose to be honest and say, I just have this terrible feeling You've never been here before, have you? To Camelot or to this maze? To the maze? No, I haven't. I believe you. You know, we're alone out here. Milady, you have nothing to be afraid of. I, I can protect you from anything. She makes her trusting. Well, and she smiles. If that's the case, and she sprints past you ahead. And uh, he, like, lets her, um, you know, lets her get a little bit of distance and then uh, and then rushes after her. Are you going to, are you attempting to make it like close? Are you trying to let her win? Are you going to try to like just barely beat her? What What is your goal here? Uh, He's going to like try. I mean, he's, he wants it to be fun. He's not trying to just straight up let her win in like an unfun way. 
but he's not trying to uh like you know just like grossly beat her like just so he he lets her get like a a few second head start and then he's going to kind of just like run as fast as he can to try to to try to like beat her but he he gives her like a a head start first um and then he and then he kind of i wouldn't say sprints but he is like in in a full run uh let's have an energetic roll and a dex roll please uh energetic is a 20 on a 15 and dex is 17 on a 10 uh so um despite your um plans to make it look like some sort of like close race you're actually a lot more tired than you thought you were and you wanted it to be close but you actually come like trotting in like several seconds after her and you're like completely out of breath and have to like stop and catch your breath it must have been that last glass of wine you had forced on you yeah and he's just like uh he's really winded uh but he's still kind of like laughing the whole way up uh he doesn't look look, doesn't look sad to have lost uh, so first off, um, check your lazy because you uh, botched your um, energetic. But um, she says, "Oh, dear me! It's uh, that was a close one after all." Ah, very close. But it was you that won, the lady. Indeed, indeed. And she kind of waits for you to catch her breath, your breath for a little bit. So, um, where is my prize? And then uh, Goldston is like. I feel as though I'm the one that is, I feel as though it was I that won. And he uh, leans in and uh, gives her a big romantic smooch. Kissy, kissy. Um, on, honestly, do you have a romance skill or flirting? Uh, my flirting is a lot better than my like romance. To, yeah, it's kind of a flirting mo- move because you're just kind of going in for it despite losing. Roll your flirting. Uh, so do, do I get the plus three? on this you're wearing your fancy clothes and you got your glory okay okay so um my skill is 15 uh but i rolled a 17 um so if i get my plus three uh then i would pass yep so close to being a crit but still I know, check so it. Close. um she's kind of still swept up in it and uh like the camera pans out and you see the two of you kind of standing in the center of this maze um it's a broad circular era and you're surrounded by this um moat like pond and you're in the middle of this little island in the center and you know you see little footbridges running to it there's uh rings of lilies and you see like fireflies all around you um well you you paid your end of the bet and uh um you uh you part lips a little bit and she's kind of looking at you and you're just getting lost in those beautiful ocean blue eyes and then she's just kind of like collapses almost like in exhaustion and uh yeah Goldston is just kind of like uh enjoying the moment and then he kind of just like feels her just like you know kind of like uh like weightless in his arms and he's just like oh my lady shall we return to the feast oh let me rest a little while and and you Actually, let's see how clueless you are. Let's roll uh, Intrigue or Romance. I'll let you pick. Uh, That's a fail. 18 on a 7 for Intrigue. Yeah, that wouldn't pass your Romance either. So, like, she's just kind of, like, 
lying down, kind of like, I just need a rest. And she's like looking up at the stars. And uh, yeah, he's just like kind of clueless. And he's just like, oh, yes, in- indeed. Yeah. Lay down, lady. And she's kind of like looking at you like, <clears throat> and she's like tugging on your pant leg. And uh, yeah, like after he'll like kind of just be like, oh, uh, yes, yes, of course. And yeah, and he he lays down with her looking and, up at the stars. And you are pretty tired yourself. And like she's kind of like pointing out the different constellations and stuff. And she kind of like engages you in some like um, like courtly philosophical questioning. And she says, well, um, I'm just interested in your opinions on some of these. And let's say there's a there's a man that defiles a site sacred to your faith and enraged that the priest there allowed his brother to die because his people worship gods. The priest says are evil. The priest insists that you slay the defiler for his transgression. Would you? Well, it's in uh, kind of uh, he's just like shaking his head and he's just like, no, 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 this. This surely is not the way. Uh, my lord himself is is a follower of the pagan ways. This kingdom is made of all sorts of faiths and followers. Uh, that is not a way I'd be inclined to agree with. And he he's kind of just like uh, he leaves it at that. He doesn't. He's he's uh, he's a Christian, uh, mm. like no doubt about it. But um, he he doesn't have any kind of like ill will or disrespect to pagans. Like his lord is a pagan and. You know, he he doesn't uh, judge them uh, for being pagan at all. That's like the old way, you know. And she she nods and next. And then she's like, oh, doesn't your uh, Lord God command that you should, you know, cast out sinners? Indeed, he does. But Lord God understands and forgives. Even to those who would defile his holy sites? And like. Golston kind of just like contemplates it in deep thought for a second. And he's like, hmm, it's tough for me to say. Would you like I, to maybe roll for it? Yeah, I'll roll. Uh, because he's not really the most religious man. Uh, so he doesn't really know like what what God what God commands. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll roll. So maybe merciful versus uh, spiritual. So I fail my merciful with a 17 on a nine and I pass my spiritual with a three on an 11. All right. uh, Check your spiritual. And then she kind of um, thinks for a little bit and then says, without meaning to a friend insults you in front of the whole court, revealing a lapse in your honor when you did something that you now regret. He realizes his error, but refuses to make more than just a token private apology. Having only stated the truth, as he says, do you accept this small recompense or demand more for your forgiveness? If the statements were true, one cannot be blamed for taking offense, but they must accept uh, when true statements are made about them. A private apology is... uh, is is more than one can can even ask for in that situation. So if a friend is willing to give one, it is the most honorable thing. Uh, public apology uh, would not be warranted in that and, sort of situation. And then you're kind of realizing that she's sort of playing the devil's advocate with some of these. And then she says, well, wouldn't it be an insight to your pride and your honor for anyone, let alone a friend, to question this? 
And uh, Golston is like kind of, uh, you know, he he wasn't considering it this way before, but he's kind of just like, yeah, it's like, indeed, I suppose you're right. It's it is a matter of honor. My lady, you caused me to think of these these ideas in, in such new ways. And he's just kind of like, you know, staring into your eyes and stuff. Don't don't worry about what I'm suggesting. Worry about truly what's in your heart. Would you forgive your friend? Indeed, I would. Um, okay, so like in Golston's mind, um, being vengeful is kind of like, I, I, I would say it's kind of like his weakness as far as like the, I wouldn't say like the bad side traits, but you know, like the, the right side traits, like that's the one that is, is highest for him, especially uh, when Sir Amran died. Um, you know, like he, that, that was like almost like bolstered. Um, so he like is thinking about that and kind of like thinking about how that's like a weakness of his. And he's just like, uh, he's going to say, uh, one should always try to forgive. Okay. Check your forgiving. And, uh, finally she says, man accused of slaying members of your Lord's family is innocent. And you know this beyond any doubt, yet there's no evidence other than your own testimony to clear him. Your passion, Lord, crying for vengeance is blind to the virtue of your of your word. It demands that you slay the man. Do you? I would do anything asked of my lord, even if that meant slaying somebody that was innocent. Even I if would, he's innocent? I would hope that my lord would have the foresight to to see to see a man's innocence, even even beyond his his own grief. But if it was what my lord commanded, it is what I would do. But what if he was uh what if he was just completely blind to what's going on and you knew true in your heart, shouldn't a knight's word be enough? Indeed it should. Any good lord would listen to his knights, take what they have to say into consideration, and would not act out of such such grief and passion. Yet I am beholden to my lord, and I would not be where I am without him, and as such I would have to do as he commands. And she nods and seems to accept this, but she's she's also kind of like contemplating something. It seems. What's on your mind, Milady? Have I upset you? No, you are you are very well argued, and I have many things to think about. Perhaps it is time we get getting back. And I get up and I uh, help her to her feet and uh, take her arm again. So we'll fast forward to a little bit. You probably just drop her off as the party and as it's dying down. And make your way back eventually to the pavilion tent and Baldrick's there waiting for you and he's kind of helping you out of your um, dress clothing. And and he says, uh, oh, my Lord, um, what was it? What happened? Where'd you go? Ah, Baldrick, many things to tell you. And uh, later on that night, like when we're both kind of in our private chambers, I'm basically doing like... um, like middle school, like girls sleepover style, telling him like in detail everything that transpired over the course of the night. And then I, I, and then she beat me in the race, but we kissed and then we laid down and we, and you know, he's just going over like everything. And, uh, you know, he's He's like, he doesn't over analyzing everything. He doesn't even feel like he has to embellish because, um, because he just feels it went very well for him. So, yeah, I, I eventually um, your Squire Baldrick will recommend a cold bath before you go to bed. But um, yeah, so the 
there's still quite a lot of uh, stuff going on at Camelot. Um, but the the next morning, you're swept up once again into the hustle and bustle of all the Pentecostal activities. It's almost more than you could keep track of. Um, we missed this earlier. So what sort of um, trait would, um, or skill, sorry, what sort of skill would um, uh, Golson try to, like, get involved with because earlier you were uh, tested on your intrigue what one would you pick to kind of show off with um harp playing because i'm feeling very high spirited and just like just like the world is so great right now all right so let's do your harp hero um get your your red your green your blue your yellow and your orange keys that's a terrible rock band joke, but uh, oh no, I I got yeah, it, I got yeah. it. <laughs> let's uh, let's roll your play harp and see what what you get. Uh that's a uh wait actually, oh uh, yeah, that's a fail. That's a eleven on a nine. Yeah, so I, I have this scene of is that with your um your bonuses? Yeah. Okay, so I have this scene of like you trying to like work out this like sappy love song, and it just turns into like Wonderwall. And like, <laughs> yeah, like everyone's like, oh man, that guy's trying way too hard. <laughs> but later that day, you do get word that um, once again, the Queen's Knights is having their annual tryouts. If uh, Sir Golston is interested in that. Uh, he is interested in redeeming himself from last year, but he's like, still not, he's like, not sure he can cut it still, but he's just like, uh, it's like, it's like Sir Gregor told me. When uh when I was his squire, you know, when you fall off the horse, you get back on, and uh, that's what I'm going to do. So, what are you um bringing to this challenge? Because it could be whatever the queen wants to do. What are you bringing? What are you wearing? Um, let's see. Do I have a different outfit than I wore to the hunt? And how nice is it? So you have your best clothes are always going to be your best clothes unless you buy better clothes. And it's not it's fashion is not one of those things where you're expected to wear something different every day. Still gonna wear the the best clothes. Yeah, you're still your two Lyra Libra clothes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Baldrick makes a squire roll and uh, gets them looking fresh for you. So you you get your um your plus two value. So you're gonna wear those. You bringing anyone anything? You prepping anything? Uh, I bring Baldrick. Uh, I want him to bring my uh, prized horse Kelly. Um, yeah, he's gonna have my he's gonna have my weapons, my sword, my lance. Uh, if anything, just for appearance sake. Um, as far as other things, I'm going to bring. Um, I'm going to like try to rent a falcon beforehand. I don't think I have my own falcon, but I was like kind of uh, embarrassed last time when you know it was like time for the falconry and uh, I don't know. I'd rather just have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Uh, so I, I get like a, you know, I get Baldrick to meet with a falconer and, and uh, you know, I give him give him the whole coin purse. And I say, you know, just, just give me like a decent one, you know, you, not the, not the best, but, but better than, you know, like better than middle, you know, are you buying a bird? Uh, actually, I think I'm going to like, I think I'm going to take the dip and buy one because, um, you know, like this is, I, I'm feeling very confident in myself and uh, I, I'm now a respected knight and uh, you know, it's, 
I, I need to certain things I need to have. I can't just be uh, renting and borrowing. Uh, it's embarrassing for a night. And I'm telling all this to Bodrick, of course. So make sure you get a good one. I tell him. Sorry, you can get about you could get a trained hawk for about eighty denarii if you just want like the basic package. Um, you can always spend more. I'll just get the basic package. Okay. Yeah, that's it's about um. Yeah, eighty denarii. So it's a uh, two hundred forty denarii per libra, so or librum. So you gotta break it down and do the math. And Baldrick's really like he he shows up um to the thing like obviously not happy to now have to hold a, a bird on his hand and lead a horse and all the other stuff. And recommends at some point if you want to be traveling with this thing to get a boy for it. Ah, uh, due time, Baldrick, in due time. All right, so he, he's standing there, bird on his arm, your horse reins in there. He has, like, your weapons. Like, he's clearly handling as much as he thinks he can at this point. Um, I'm guessing you brought your mail, but it's in a packet. But So you're, you come striding up to uh, Queen Guinevere's uh, pavilion, and she's, uh, you know, she's looking hot. Um, got, um, like, little palanquin on the ground next to the pavilion she has like her feet up sipping lemonade a few of the other um knights are kind of like stretching out a little bit some of them are like tuning loot some of them are like uh scratching out pieces of paper and like they're all kind of like uh like getting ready for something but um no one quite knows what it is yet i uh kind of step up and, and join the the crowd of participants crack my knuckles kind of uh dust myself off um getting i'm getting ready for something even though i don't know like quite what this contest will entail yet yeah and, and you, you see um um like uh sir Tor's out there your your good friend from the hunt earlier it's, he's wearing these like uh tight yellow hose and they're going like all the way up and like like i mean you are what you are but uh and he he pulls that look off, and they're nice and tight. It's really uh, showing off his assets, and he's like doing like some stretches and stuff. And no one really knows what the uh, uh, what the task is going to be. But if you would like to make an um, intrigue um, role, you can see if you could find like a hint about it. Bail seventeen on a seven. Yeah, you're clueless. There's just way too many activities going around, and. You're looking up at the ladies of the court and they're all just kind of like fanning themselves or attending to the queen. And at some point you hear the the church bells ringing and, um, you know, like Queen Vener, Queen, Queen, Vener, Queen Guinevere kind of um, inclines her chair and, you know, pulls the cucumbers out of her eyes and says, oh, it's that time again. Oh, all right. I suppose we should... Uh, get on with this um you there knights uh line up line up i join the join the queue so uh my good knights um this let's see i i this year i think i will i need some entertainment this year so we'll i'll like a story a speech or a song or something and it should have it should be about love so think on that but first we're going to start with the questions and y'all are lined up and she and the ladies of the court, court kind of go by one by one asking different questions. Uh, Queen Guinevere gets to you and asks, good night. 
Can a knight bound by an oath to serve an unjust lady break said oath upon discovering the lady is false? Indeed, the knight can, I say with confidence, but not entirely sure. Do you have a skill or personality trait that you think like backs up your answer? Uh, it would either have to be courtesy or uh, for personality. I would accept uh, courtesy. Maybe just. I don't know. Yeah. Either of those. Either just or courtesy, I'd accept. All right. My just is better. So let me okay. do my just. 16 on a 16. Well, that's a critical. So first off, check it. And despite um, the fact that um, you seemed a little less confident in your answer, um, like there's that look in your eye that like that seems to speak that, you know, a, a true just lady would be just and would uh, and like serving an unjust lady doesn't really um, keep a knight to hold to his oath. And she kind of like, um, like nods along at your answer. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair point. And she moves on to the next. Eventually she gets back around and says, good sir, knight, can a lady in good consciousness commit to a proper love affair while in mourning? Uh, Indeed. I believe that uh, the heart wants what the heart wants, and uh, even even when we mourn for the for the the loss of our beloved friends and family, uh, we are not uh, immune from the the throes of romance. And uh, he's very much like thinking about um, Sir Amarin's daughter, Lady Avielli. Uh Surely she is grieving right now. Uh, but does that make what they have wrong? Uh, Golson would say no. It's not wrong. Okay. Do you think you actually said her name during all that, or is that was that in his head? That was like in his head. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's definitely not not putting that out there. Yeah, like the queen and some of her uh, uh, confidence kind of do like a quick huddle behind you, and like there's a shrug, and she says, "Oh, okay." Moves on to the next um, person who is like kind of cracking under the pressure of seeing this beautiful woman asking him questions twice in a row and actually wanting the answer. And you probably have a feeling like, oh, that was me only a few years ago. Uh, The queen eventually gets back around to ask you um, a third and final question. Good sir knight, if a lady is without a father or brother, who then shall decide her eligible for marriage? Her uncle. And there's some like, um, like more huddling and talking and, and like, it's it's like one of those, well, yeah, she has an uncle. Yeah, you could do that. And um, then there's another problem. And the lady's like, well, no one said she had an uncle. And then another lady says, well, no one said she didn't. And then the queen makes the rulings like, okay, yeah, that, that one works. You got it. So you advance on to the next round. And the the questioning portion of the um, events is over. But uh, the queen then says to... Um, like the few dozen of you that are left. Courtly love is a dangerous game, and those who play for lust rather than love are often richly rewarded in scorn. So with that um, being said, I want each of you to tell me a story, sing me a song, weave me a tale of how you first found true love. So then there's like a short break as people tune their lutes or they're scribbling on papers or doing vocal exercises and again in Sir Tor's day dance stretching for interpretive dance 
What is uh, Sir Gulliston going to do? Um, can I? Uh, I still, even though I had like a pretty shitty go at it earlier, still think the harp is my best bet to do this. And I think that I can uh, maybe do it without putting, without being too on the nose, putting too much of my cards on the table and saying literally what I what I'm talking about. But I want to try to like play a song on the harp that is about. Um, you know, when I encountered the most uh, beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life in the forest during a hunt. And, uh, you know, it's I, I was hunting a majestic creature. And uh, indeed, I found one, even though it wasn't the one I saw. But that's just like what this what the music is about. I'm not literally saying any of that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's all about a, like a the hunt for a unicorn, but uh, yeah. the unicorn is like symbol for something else, something even yeah, more exactly. pure. And then there's like a lady in red, but the uh, the red is the heart's blood pumping or something. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, yeah, let's. You have a, little, a few minutes, so if you want to try to roll compose to try to give you yourself a bonus later on, you could do that. You don't have I to. We have a one in compose, so. Oh, I guess you don't have to. Maybe someone else um, could write it for you next time. But um, are you feeling inspired at all? Yeah, definitely. Like inspired by my by my love, uh, for one. Um, well, it'd be a more at this point. My more, yeah, of course. All right, sure. Yeah, roll me a more. You could, you have the choice of either Guinevere or Avielli, but I have a feeling I know which one you're gonna pick. Yeah. It's kind of funny, though, because, like, if you had, like, what is your more for Guinevere? 12? 12. If it was, like, a 16, like, it could be, it could get weird. And, like, if you rolled, like, um, weird, like, like suddenly, like, it's talking about her. <laughs> but um, you're feeling that way because she's present. But you're since you're being inspired of by Avielli, yeah, definitely roll that. Uh, so that's a 13 on a 24. All right, that's not quite a crit, but it's enough to give you a plus 10 onto your play harp roll. Actually, um, you're still wearing your uh, your fancy clothes, right? Yeah, then that would be a crit. Oh, okay. So that'd be a crit um, on the passion. Um, that's a plus 20. So it's pretty much an auto success. What's your play harp skill? Uh, my play harp skill is a six, and then the the plus three okay so and you need to roll under a 29 on a 20 sided die so that means 11 or higher will be a crit i got a six it's still a good showing still pretty proud of it. yeah no like all the later's like yeah the the imagery's there yeah okay i get it so you basically do the um like a medieval version of lady in red or something just rocking on the harp um yeah so like it's it's acceptable it's that uh george michael saxophone thing yeah so the um the queen um kind of like um like um um, convenes with her ladies and um says well we had a good showing this year and we're going to take some time to decide and we'll get back to you after the pentecost tournament goldston is like pretty pleased with how he did he doesn't really feel like a like he uh, embarrassed himself at least. Um, so he's just like kind of, uh, you know, he, he, he heads back out to where Baldrick is and uh, 
you know, he's kind of just like, oh, Baldrick, go put that awful bird away. The contest is wrapped up for now. Oh, very good Lord. And it's like crawling up his arm up on his shoulder and like it's on his head. And you could tell like Baldrick is not used to holding like a trained raptor. And it's like the, the bird is kind of like controlling him almost. And uh, Golston is feeling relieved that he didn't really have to handle it either because uh, he doesn't have that high of a skill in falconry. You got a bird so you can practice now, though. I might do that. So, Sir Golston, you have you have the rest of the day before the big tournament the next day. Is there anything you want to do, prepare for, any plans? I think he would just... Um... He would just put Baldrick on the task of making sure that uh, everything would be ready to go for him. Uh, just kind of like how he was ready today, uh, just having things on standby. He just wants to make sure that whatever he does decide to bring um, is going to be ready for him. And he's not like entirely sure what that's going to be right now, but um, he says that's of no matter. Just get it all ready. Uh, Baldrick nods and like, um, you know, he starts pulling out your chainmail to kind of like polish it up and make sure all your leather straps are good. Rush down the horses, make sure they're fed, and you probably like do a lot of that yourself. And while you're getting prepared for the next day, um, this young, she looks like a serving girl, comes up and kind of like calls out to Baldrick. And like he goes over and like they start talking, and then she hands him something and he puts it in a pocket, and then walks back to you. What is it, Baldrick? Well, my lord, it appears to be some sort of token. And uh, he hands you this, like, little golden chain with, like, a golden locket on it. And there's, like, a little note attached. Ah, I wish I could read this. Maybe Sir Gregor can decipher it for me. You also know that um, that priest um, over at the uh, cathedral from the previous years. Okay, yeah, I actually probably would uh, show it to a priest instead because um, kind of somebody more neutral in all of this, I guess. Uh, somebody that, uh, I don't know, is more outside of this circle in a, in a way. So it would seem more discreet to uh, kind of like get it read by a priest because I'm not really sure what it is. If it's like, you know, if it's like uh, from Avielli or like or what. This has something to do with the contest. So you go up to the uh, the same priest that, um, you know, you kind of struck up some rapport with uh, a couple years ago, and you show him the, the locket. Do you just show him the note? Do you ex- Are you explaining anything? I show him both, and um, I don't really explain much. I'm just like, uh, Your Holiness, uh, please, I'm not yet able to decipher this. If you could tell me what this what this means, and I kind of just like place uh, the token and the note uh, to him. Well, he he looks down at the um, the token and kind of eyes it, and then looks down at the note, then reads it off to you, and it says, "Father always said you were a good man. Wear this at the tournament for me, yours." And then it's just the letter A. Uh, when the, uh, when the priest tells him that he, um, you know, he like picks it up and he holds it close to his heart and he just kind of like, uh, does that like, oh, you know, like he like, uh, just kind of like, is like 
blushing and just like holding this close and just kind of like daydreaming. And then he, um, he like kind of like stops and collects himself and he's just like, oh, thank you, your holiness. And he puts a, a generous donation in the, in the, in the box. Uh, how generous are you being? Um, thinking maybe like, I mean, it's going to be like, it's not going to be copper. It's going to be denarii. Cause also I don't want the, uh, the priest to like, to talk. And I kind of want that to be implied a little bit as well. Um, I mean, so I'm thinking maybe like, you could give the rest, denarii. like the, the other half of uh, Libra from your cousin and the hawk, whatever's left from that. Uh, or was it I more or just, less? I think I'm just going to give him like a, just like just like fifty denarii. It's just like a little, okay. Okay. just like a little tip. Yeah, yeah. The the priest thanks you for uh, your generosity and um, introduces himself as uh, Bishop Baldwin, actually newly appointed Bishop of Camelot. Thank you, Bishop. And he says, "Well, son, um, just make sure that uh, Chesty wins out in this. Uh, God is watching." Oh, of course, sir. Of course. It's actually your grace for bishops now. Ah, indeed. And he kind of smiles and gives you a wink. Thank you, your grace. All right. And so. congratulations, I guess. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. New bishop robes. Comes with a cool hat. I can move diagonally a lot more. So, yeah. Uh, Golston's probably, like, skipping with excitement right now. And uh, he does wear the token. And the next um, day, as you're coming um, all dressed up in your full harness and you're leading your your best charger kelly um to the list um you're you know registering for the tournament and everything and you hear a bunch of ladies like uh whispering like he's wearing avielli's locket what do you think that means what else could it mean she's never let anyone else wear that uh ghost did uh like a big smile kind of grows on his face as as he hears that and he kind of just like puffs his chest out a little bit, wearing it a little bit more boastfully. I like knights. Do you like knights too? If so, check out our Scion, Temptation, and 13th Age games for more chivalric role-playing.